Welcome to the Lila Jo Show. I explore the journey to excellence, which starts with the pursuit of passion. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. For today's episode, I interviewed Stéphane Leduc. We were first introduced at the gym, funnily enough, by my trainer, and Stéphane was introduced to me as the food and fashion guru of Montreal. At first, all I wanted was a good recommendation for a restaurant, and Stéphane sent me to the best pizza place I have been to yet in Montreal. I later found out that Stéphane is the chief editor at Montreal's fashion and culture magazine, Dress to Kill. I was so happy to be able to talk to Stefan about his incredibly impressive career. We spoke about what it's like to be a reporter at Fashion Week, his countless interviews with none other than Karl Lagerfeld, the importance of curiosity, and his unconventional childhood. I really hope that you all enjoy this episode. Here is Stefan the Duke, part one. So, Stefan, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, we met in a gym, yes. which means I know that you exercise, and I'm an athlete, as you know, so I decided to structure my interviews like workouts. Oh, good. So, we start off with a warm-up, just to loosen up, get into it, and then move on into a longer period of high-intensity questioning, but nothing too crazy, and then a cool-down to finish. Does oh, that sound good? That sounds good. Perfect. So, we'll start with the warm-up. North America or Europe? Mm, Europe. Night in or night out? Mm, that's a good question. I'm a Gemini, you know, so Geminis, Me they too. want to do everything. Me <laughs> so too. It's a challenge to answer that. Oh, night out, I'll night say. Out. Yeah. Best fashion trend of all time? Mm, best fashion trends of all time. Mm, future, I would say. The future? Yeah. Since we don't know what's going to happen, so there will there's be always things. something. Yes, I think so. Oh. With technology, there are so many exciting things happening. Oh, I like that answer. So it's looking forward to the best fashion trend of all time. Yes. Great. <laughs> Sweet or savory? Mm, savory. And worst fashion trend of all time? Oh, probably the neon neon period, oh, which is the, the 90s, that period when yeah, it I was have, really too much. I have to agree with you And too that. serious about it. When it's only about fun and having fun with fashion, it's okay. But when something is too serious and a bit tacky, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what is your favorite fashion week? Oh, the Paris Fashion Week, yes. Oh. Because it's always where you see the best shows first. And there's the audacity that other cities don't have because New York City is very about uh, what can we sell. Mm-hmm. Milan is a good balance between both of those things, but gathering all together those creative people from different countries, it's really happening in Paris, I feel. I'd love to go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, wouldn't they? That would be amazing. <laughs> okay, so do you feel warm? Yes, yes. Ready to work out? Yes. Okay. So I always start from the beginning with my guests, just to uh, get to know them a little better. So I'd love to talk about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? Uh, well, I was born in Montreal, but I was raised on the south shore of Montreal, which is uh, very close to the city. It's 20 minutes from downtown Montreal, so it's very close. Great. And could you tell me a little bit about your childhood? Uh, well, I was 
very lucky to have uh, a very good family, I would say a stable family, but my father died when I was very young. So uh, my mother had to work again, and she was even pregnant of my brother. My dad uh, died in a car accident, so it was difficult for that. But we were so young that we didn't feel it. But the chance we had was that our grandparents, uh, my parents' mother, uh, were able to um, have them, to have us with them. And so we were raised by them. So my mother was able to work. And they were very open mind and very easy. They were strict, but they were very loving grandparents. So I felt I had the best uh, of both worlds. I didn't feel, of course, at one point you might miss your dad, but when you have not known that person, you don't really know what is missing. But uh, so I had a great childhood in, in a nice city. So uh, it was a great time for me as well. Well, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. Mm. But it's, it's great that you had such an amazing relationship with your grandparents and that your mom was able to work in that situation. Yeah, because she was very young, so for her it must have been terrible. She never complained, never said it was awful. And I'm sure it was somehow because we were three kids and three babies, not even kids. So you can imagine having your own family, you're only 25 years old, and you have to raise three kids. Um, most people even nowadays with only one kids uh, have problems so can you imagine three kids mm -hmm. so that's why uh, I felt that we were very lucky to have grandparents that were so eager to help and be there for us and uh, ready to uh, to raise a new family because it was really starting all over wow. so wow. I feel privileged yeah what was your biggest dream as a young boy hmm I don't I was a dreamer, <laughs> but I'm not sure if I, I was dreaming about anything. I loved everything, you know. I, I'm the kind of guy that if I don't have a, a goal or something that is happening or a project to work on, I tend to be uh, thinking of many things and not only one thing, and sometimes even losing time thinking or dreaming about things. <laughs> Yeah. I even feel very lucky that I found an interest in communications because because when I was a kid I didn't know what to do. Uh, I love to, you know, discover things and go everywhere and have fun, but not necessarily any goals, precise goals. So um, yeah, it's funny there was nothing or any examples in my family of things that I wanted to do, because my family is not in communications at all. So they were good readers. They read books and books. There was the house was full of books, and they loved to go to the movies, theater, and concerts. So that's something that I always loved. I knew it might be related to that, something related to the arts, but nothing else, nothing specific. You were exposed to a lot of culture as a yeah. young boy. Yeah, like and having books, books opened the minds of people. So I think that's why my family was so special and so unique is the fact that they were readers of anything that was published. Even the books at the time that were not that were restricted because uh, people don't remember, but in uh, Quebec or Canada, uh, at the time of my grandparents in the 60s, books were banned by the religious people. The Catholic Church was very strong still in the 60s, but all those books were in my house. <laughs> so uh, my family had access to very interesting books that are nowadays considered classics of literature. So wow. it's quite interesting. 
How wonderful to be surrounded by that and to just have that access to literature from such a young age. Just yes. read whatever you want. Yeah, and you see the books, you know, the, when the parents don't force you to read, at one point you open a book that is just there on the table and then you start reading and you discover a new world that you wouldn't mm. think of. Who did you idolize the <coughs> most growing up? Hmm, my God. <laughs> For a specific role model that you had. That's interesting. Um, I I watched a lot of television. I must say that uh, the broadcast people, the people that were journalists, uh, I always thought it was impressive to see them go around the world and talk about new things or events. And the way they were serious on the air always impressed me. Um, I never wanted to be a a telecaster or somebody th that would read the news, but I always liked the idea of uh, being serious in my job and being disciplined. Because I, I tend to be a dreamer, I have to be very organized and very strict for myself <laughs> because unless I feel sometimes I wouldn't do anything. So those people inspired me. And of course, I loved artists. I always you know, I admire the work when I was a kid of uh, Michelangelo, mm. of Leonardo da Vinci and those people because uh, I thought their art was amazing. And yeah. that was my first interest in art. After that, I went to the Impressionists and Renoir and Lautrec and Monet and all those great painters. That's why when I went the first time to Paris, I was so amazed to see all those pictures that I had seen through books and finally see those thing, those paintings for real. And it's funny because it, the last video of Beyonce, she's at, in the Louvre. Yeah. And the Louvre was one of the museums that I wanted to see uh, in my life. And when I went the first time, I spent, I don't know, a day. <laughs> I was crazy, I was running everywhere. And it's funny because I, I think it's a good example of how to bring culture to people because it's amazing they've been able to film that new video in the Louvre in front of the Joconda and then in front of the great master paintings. I think they had 9 million people watching this video in two days. It's amazing. But I think it's great because it's a way to initiate people to art. And that's one thing also I wanted to do through my work. But um, art and painters were inspiration as well. You're listening to The Lila Joe Show. And I'm wondering, why were you drawn to fashion? in the first place? Hmm. Um, it's a bit of a coincidence. I knew I liked it, but I didn't know, I never thought of doing any stories or reporting about fashion. Uh, first, there was not many, and <coughs> it was always considered a bit, something a bit superficial. But um, I think there were some magazines that were in the house as well, with books, so I started looking at them and having a knowledge of all those great designers uh, of the time as well, because uh, there was Yves Saint Laurent, there was Dior, and there were Pierre Cardin, and those people that are still, or their company, are still existing. So I had those references. But then it's really when I started at Music Plus, which was the, the MTV of uh, Canada, that I developed this interest. I was doing only a five minutes per week, but the five minutes went so well that they asked me to develop a half an hour show, which became Perfecto, which is the leather jacket that the bikers wear. 
that was the name of the the show because everybody had their own perfecto. Mm. So it was the code that you would have when you were in fashion. And since it was a music station and the rockers, the musicians were all wearing those leather jackets. So it became a great name and a name that people could say in English or Italian or wherever I would go for my stories. So uh, fashion became more and more an interest through reporting. Every time you learn something new, uh, then you want to learn more about mm. it. And that's how I developed my interest and it became a specialty. But it's a bit by coincidence. But I always thought that fashion was part of art. So I never had that prejudice. So when I started reporting, I said I should ask the same question that I would ask to a director of a movie, an actor, a painter, to approach fashion designers the same way. So um, I think it was one of the reasons of the success of the show was really because I was not uh, about trends. I was not talking only about trends. It was mostly about the concept, the ideas, the creative aspect of that world. So that's how I was covering the fashion weeks. And then the designers thought it was also stimulating for them to have those kind of questions because usually people would ask them, uh, what's the new, the new trend? How do you see women in the 21st century <laughs> and things like that? So they were a bit bored by those questions that, was, that were not really new or different. So I was bringing new kind of questions. And now it's, it has become a, a real part of society and uh, of art. And you mentioned to me and just now that the most important time of your life was when you started at Music Plus in 1989. Mm -hmm. Why was this such a crucial time in your career? Uh, well, I just finished uh, studying. I did a BA in communications at UCAM, which is one of the universities in Montreal. And uh, I went to the school we're in right now, which is Promedia. Promedia is a private school where for five months you learn your craft and you really uh, you do uh, real shows for radio or TV or the news. And it's really after that time that uh, I saw that I could do something in the media. So, and Music Plus uh, was a real new TV station. There was no music station in Canada for television. Uh, in French, so it was the first one. So the timing was perfect. I was very lucky. So uh, to be there, be one of the first reporters was so exciting and all the action was happening and all the excitement. And also fashion was getting more popular and it was the beginning, and I didn't know it at the time, but the beginning of a, a phenomena that was the modeling career or mm. the top models. So we had all those amazing models that were studying and they were, everybody knew their names. There was Linda Evangelista, there was Naomi Campbell, there was Kate Moss, there was uh, all those amazing models that are yeah. still popular today and known today, Cindy yeah. Crawford. Now it's funny because uh, it's their kids that are yeah, starting a Kai career. Yeah, Kai Gerber, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, being there at the right time, you know, it's wonderful. I wouldn't have mm. wished for the best. And also being able to work not only locally, but being able to travel. That was mm. also something special because many reporters here in Montreal, they only stay in Montreal and they cover what's happening here. So I was lucky to go to Milan, to Paris, to New York City, London, uh, and cover all those fashion weeks. Mm. It was a lot of work, but uh, it was a very exciting time as well. And there were a bit less media. 
Now there are media from Asia as well, uh, South Korea, China, Japan, uh, that are covering those fashion weeks. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of new reporters, so the challenge is bigger. It's difficult to have your place in that. So I was very lucky at that time to be there. Wow. And what is the most valuable <coughs> skill that you developed or the most important thing that you learned while working at Music Plus? Mm, I think it was to be reactive, uh, to react very quickly to something that was happening, and also to look at things and being curious. I think mm. I always said, because I'm also a teacher now, so I tell my students the first thing you should know or you should do when you're in communications, or you have to be, is being curious. If you're not curious, you should change. <laughs> you should go somewhere else because somebody that it's normal and okay if you don't know something, but not to be curious to discover, I think you have a problem because uh, you have to be also open mind and open mind to new things. And then you start discovering new aspects of life, of people and new subjects, even for your stories. Uh, and fashion is a good example. If you're not curious, you shouldn't be fashion because it's always something new, something that is happening and a new designer, a new brand, a new style or a new fabric. So you have to be curious and eager to learn and discover. So that's something I learned at Music Plus and how to keep that spirit of being curious alive, even though I felt I had it in, my, in me, but I realized it was essential also. And also to be uh, able to do many things, do your own research, because research people uh, tend to forget that uh, when you do an interview, when you meet somebody, it's important to find the, the information and to know about that person and being able to bring that person um, to explain the things he has done. If you don't help him, he's gonna forget just because he's thinking of something else. Mm. And maybe the day after he's gonna say, oh my God, I could have said that and that. But that's the work of the, the reporter. So that's something also that I've learned that a good research was essential. And in the future it helps you because then you're better and the people you've met will remember you and then they will be they will give better interviews because they will remember oh this guy or this girl they were able to ask me good questions so i will remember uh, i just remember because i had a good feeling with them so mm. then you get privileges <laughs> through the years with designers uh, like all the interviews i did with carl lagerfeld which is a good example because carl lagerfeld he's been asked so many questions and it must be tiring but when he sees that you're well prepared, that you have good questions, he's very nice with you, he's very kind, he's not cold like the people think he is. And he's been very generous with me, and probably because I prepared very well and I was always ready when I met him. So that's something I've learned at Music Plus. Wow. <laughs> it's good to know for me as well, <laughs> to know how to get to Carl Lagerfeld, good, right? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And I love what you said about curiosity because I think it's one of the most important qualities to mm. have. And nowadays I find that a lot of people, their curiosity is suppressed because of yes. just other people's opinions. You know, mm -hmm. you might feel embarrassed to ask questions in class. You might feel embarrassed to pursue something that you're passionate about because of that curiosity and what people think of it. So I think it's really amazing for the listeners to hear about your opinion and then how it's had such a huge impact in your career. Oh yeah, and it pushes you to go further, to learn more when you're curious. It's much more exciting to discover new things. And you're known for discovering and promoting 
new names in the fashion world, for example, Hélène Barbeau. Why are you so committed to doing this? Well, I would say m even more now, but nobody knew about the Quebec designers, mm -hmm. for example. They were young designers, there was not much of an industry. And those people, they had no money to be promoted and to advertise in magazines. So doing stories about them was a good way to uh, let people know about them. And I thought it was important first because it was a new generation and it's always exciting to see young people that are eager to do new things. But also they had a lot of talent and talent is something I was respected very much so because uh, not everybody has talent first. and. Uh, Talent is also something you've worked hard to achieve. Uh, you might have a basis and uh, some f facilities, uh, some ideas that are already different than the other ones. But then with that, if you don't work hard, you will never become successful and you will never achieve what the great designers or talented people have done. So that combination was important for me. So. Um, Good um, articles and good stories are important for talent. I think it's a space that they deserve. And if we don't do that, uh, it's compromising the future somehow. You're listening to The Lila Joe Show. I never thought I would write. Uh, I always thought I would be only on radio or television. So it happened again by coincidence. There was a young team of people that were photographers, graphic artists, and stylists, and they wanted a to create a new magazine because they felt they didn't have the space to show their own work, to show their own uh, pictures. So they wanted somebody that could write and also had some contacts and some experience in the industry. So they asked me to be part of that project. So that's how it started. And I started as editor-in-chief that I did for six years. And now because I work on different projects, it was better for me to do a, a bit less, even though it's still <laughs> quite a lot but um, what I like is meet people and talk about creative people so I was becoming more and more in the administration of the magazine and more involved in choosing which reporters and to check their articles but not doing the articles and what I like is really doing the articles so that's also the reason why I decided it was better for me not to be uh, editor-in-chief even though it sounds prestigious and could impress some people so that's one of the things that um, change has changed. So now I'm really back as a reporter. So the, the writing aspect was quite a challenge for me. I was insecure and didn't know uh, if my writing was good. And it still takes me more time than when I do a radio or TV show because the live aspect of television or radio is something I like very much. But the writing... I still feel it's a challenge. I like it because words, they stay and people can read more than once what you've done. But uh, it's still something that I explore and discover. And there's also that, that rush of adrenaline that you get when it's live. Yes, But exactly. if you're rewriting and rewriting, yeah. it could get tedious in a yeah, way. Yeah, and you're alone. Uh, you're not uh, like we're doing. We're at least two people. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're writing, you're alone in a room and you feel sometimes uh, you feel lonely because uh, you wonder if what you're doing is good and you have to wait later for the mm -hmm. reactions. And the adrenaline, of course, is exciting. And it's uh, even though you have, when you write a deadline, 
the fact of being live is another kind of deadline. If the show is at one o'clock, it's at one o'clock. You it's can't not change one it. five or <laughs> one ten, which you could always do yeah. when you write. Next time on the Lila Joe Show. What is the biggest disaster that you've ever witnessed at a fashion show or behind the scenes? Stay tuned for part two. I'm Lila and you've been listening to the Lila Joe Show. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, head over to Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next time for another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.